Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Ladies and gentlemen, uh, no, it's not a run around number. Don't do that, bro. <laughs> hi, Luke. <laughs> hi, bro. Hi, everybody. It's another Digital Citizen episode 228. Uh, I, I almost did a you there. Almost. It was half, half a you. Okay. Yeah, we got a couple yeah. episodes to go, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, another week, another digital citizen. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. That should be our most. That is a good mo I'm going to write that down, actually. that yeah. You just came up with that off the top of your head just now? <laughs> yes. Okay, that's good. We should use that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just came up with that. <laughs> I don't know where. <laughs> uh, so, how's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, a little busy. It's been surprisingly sunny and warm here for being the middle of February. I guess almost towards the end of February now, but yeah. Right. It's the 18th, no, 19th today. I I almost forgot what date it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's nice. Uh, it's beginning to be lighter outside. I see that in Norway as well. More sun. Uh... Here in Lillehammer, there's still a lot of freaking snow, but I'm used to that, sure. I guess. It's a, here in Oregon, it's just this time of year, it's either uh, snow, snowy, which is usually not, to be honest, but usually it's pouring mm. down rain all the time. It's very England-like here in Oregon, just raining all the mm. time in the winter. And this whole week, it's been pretty sunny, so it's kind of weird, honestly. It's very strange, because I've lived here my whole life, and this is a very strange winter, yeah. Maybe you moved to Philadelphia without knowing it. I don't think so, but it's possible, I guess. <laughs> Oregon, Philadelphia. The same for me. <laughs> they invented teleportation, they didn't tell me, and now I'm in Philadelphia. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, look, do you know that we are conspiracy theorists? I have heard that a few times in yes. in the time we've been doing this podcast. We've been called that multiple times, actually. I, I think I heard that two weeks ago. Okay. Didn't I? I think somebody somebody maybe posted something on Facebook that we were conspiracy theorists. I tend to remember that. Hmm. Well, documents reveals that DNC was intimately involved in development of troubled Iowa caucus app. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this hmm. is from Yahoo News. Uh, while the Democratic National Committee over the past 10 days has tried to distance itself from the troubled app, uh, hmm. a copy of a contract and internal correspondence provided to Yahoo News demonstrates the National Party officials had extensive oversight over developing the technology. The De Democratic oh. Iowa caucus that took place February 3rd, uh, though the outcome is still in question following a series of issues related to the failure of the app in the days since the debacle. DNC chairman Tom Perez has criticized the Iowa Democratic Party, which ran the caucuses, 
and the developer of the app Shadow Inc. Uh, an, an unaffiliated Democratic operative in Iowa provided Yahoo News with a copy of the contract between Shadow and the Iowa, uh, the Iowa Democratic Party. The contract, uh, which was signed on October 14th, refers to a Shadow to Shadow as the consultant specified that the company had to work with the DNC and provide the National Party and had to provide the National Party with access to software testing. Mm. So mm. what this is what that says is that the DNC had access to test this software that went wrong. <laughs> so that right. when they say the DNC wasn't to blame, the DNC literally was to blame. <laughs> Or at least they didn't take the time. They they had access to test it. They didn't take the time to test it, right. which I would say is the fault of the DNC. It's not that the Shadow Inc. isn't at fault. It's just no, that no. the DNC was oh, trying to say that. it wasn't at all, at all. In uh, right, uh, there was no fault, and uh, this definitely proves it's not because it's not just they're not just saying oh we were provided contracts. If you scroll down, fro there is a four, there's the fourteen page contract you can read through yourself. <laughs> right. Yes, right there in I've the story. Uh, yeah. As well as the uh, addition, there's another thing down a little bit more additional contract provision. So this was a, right. pro, uh, a additional thing sent out uh, about the whole thing. Uh, oh, conspiracy. An email provided to Yahoo News also appears to show that Seema Nanda, the CEO, CEO of the DNC, and Kat Atwater, the National Party's technology office oh chief technology officer were involved in drafting the contract and requesting the addition of the provision that gave them access to the shadow to shadow and the app uh, the e email dated july 30th atwater provided an idp official with a draft text and provision details uh, uh detailing the dnc's access to the app Atwater in the email said the provision was specifically requested by Nanda, who is the CEO of the DNC, uh, as a reminder. I have, this, I have this strange feeling in my body that this is going to turn out to be a much bigger thing than it is right now. I, just, I, I have absolutely nothing concrete uh, to point at, but I just have this, uh, you know, when people get just a, a feeling of something? I understand what I mean, right? What, like just a gut feeling? Hunch. Yeah, a hunch right, or okay. a, a gut feeling, like you said. I, I have a strange feeling that this isn't the end of it. Well, right down here, if you go scroll down a little bit into the article... The Iowa Democratic Party was introduced to Shadow through the state party in Nevada, Fro, which also had planned to use the app made by the company for its caucuses. In the wake of the Iowa fiasco, the Nevada Democratic Party announced it would not use the Shadow app for its caucuses. Uh, the follow maybe for the best. <laughs> uh, well, if I've looked into it, and now that Nevada is saying, "Oh, we're not using an app; we're using a tool to do." Uh, to a do tool? our counting. <laughs> do they mean, mean pen and paper? <laughs> they said it, they said a tool. Their 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 exact thing was a tool and I heard an interview with the guy who's running the Nevada one of the people running the Nevada caucus right. and he said that he hasn't seen the tool. Uh nobody's been able to uh 
use the tool or train with said tool, and the tool oh is uh, uh, some kind of uh, software that might be on an iPad, you know, like an app, but right. <laughs> they're saying they're using a tool to avoid saying the word app because they know people will freak out if they say the word app, so they're just saying we're using a tool. Oh my god, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's hilarious, but also terrible at the same time. I mean, <laughs> what are the chances that everything goes to shit again, you know, this week with Nevada? Pretty big, Pretty big I would say. Do you remember 2015, oh, what happened in Nevada by any chance? I didn't remember I, this till I was reminded this week about it. I, no, I don't. This is the state where, remember, there was the whole big controversy because the one caucus, some lady uh, came in and was like, they didn't count the votes correctly, and then they just said, oh, Hillary gets the delegates. And then there was this big uh, thing where the Bernie Sanders people got really mad, and then somebody said there was a chair thrown. Remember this? Right. And then it right. turned out that the chair throwing never happened, and it was all just a big made-up story. That was in Nevada. And now we are going into that same state again, just to remind you what happened last time in this state, I guess. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Ooh. Oh, that's funny. Ah, speaking of the Democratic Party. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Demo I, I just, just, just two seconds. Okay. I was just thinking, I was just thinking like, what, what, they, what if they got something called like, instead of shadow, they call it like, uh, what's another word for shadow? Uh, uh, dark reflection is what it'll be called. Yeah, dark reflection. That's <laughs> called dark, re dark reflection, and it's the same shit like wrapped in the same software. It exactly. Happen. Right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this tool, quote unquote, that they're using is just the mm -hmm. same app. They're just revamping it somehow. You know Vamping what I mean? It, yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, sorry. Right. The Democrats. Uh, the rival Democrats are now accusing Bloomberg of trying to buy the election within, uh, with less than a week to the Nevada caucus, uh, Democratic presidential campaigns campaigning Sunday were fixated on a rival who isn't even contesting the state. Right. Right. We should mention Bloomberg is going to be in the debate tonight. There is a debate tonight in Nevada from, mm -hmm. he's not even sure. part of the contest in Nevada but he's going to be right. on the debate stage in Nevada. Does that even make sense? No, I find that utterly confusing. Right. Uh, I mean, it is, a, you know, a countrywide election and everything, but it's silly. Well, we oh, talk... I understand that, but it's just like, it, it's very strange for somebody that lives outside of the United States to think that somebody is in a debate where they even can't fucking win votes. Right, the... exactly. Uh, we talked two weeks ago, I want to say, about how he they had changed the rules for Bloomberg right. to get into this debate, um, and we didn't know if he was actually actually going to qualify. He did qualify, uh, and we didn't know if he was actually going to be in the debate after he qualified because we didn't know if he right. was going to actually do it. And it, his campaign came out yesterday and said they are going to do it. Uh, I think they kind of did it last minute so that 
his opponents are going to have less time to prepare because they only had one mm. day knowing he was going to be in. I'm sure, you know, people assumed that he was going to be in anyways. Uh, I, like we said at the time two weeks ago, maybe last week, whenever we talked about it, uh, it's a good thing that he's in there because Bloomberg could inevitably he'd probably make a fool of fool of himself because he's not a great public mm. speaker. But it's not cool for them to just to change the rules just because he's a, a billionaire, right? Right. No, it's like it's. I I feel double about it. I feel this will be a very interesting thing, and uh, we can say it now if. If we find the, the, the discussion too interesting, there will be a little small podcast during the week about the or, or the about the, the the debate. So, right, we'll try to yeah. do the debate. We'll try to do some debate coverage before the caucus if it's really interesting. If it's right. really boring, we yeah. probably won't. But my guess is there'll be something interesting in there, considering Bloomberg is right. going to get involved. I'm sure there's going to be some people attacking him, him attacking some people, um, and. To be honest, bro, people really like that last debate special. So, yeah, uh, like like I said, we will we will probably do it if it's not super boring. Right, exactly. If there's enough content, I guess is the point. Uh, Bernie right. Sanders, Joe Biden, and Amy Klobuchar, as well as Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg, all targeted Mike Bloomberg, accusing him of buying his way into the election and making clear they were eager to take him on in the debate. He thinks right. uh, this is from Sanders. Uh, he thinks he can buy this election. Well, I've got news from Mr. Bloomberg. Uh, the American people are sick and tired of billionaires trying to buy elections. Uh, mm. Oh, their attacks are a sign of how seriously the field is starting to take Bloomberg as he gains traction in the race and is on the cusp of qualifying for Wednesday's Democratic debate in Las Vegas, which he did already. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, has been pumped into the Super Tuesday suits by Mike Bloomberg and has only heightened the sense of uncertainty surrounding the Democratic race. Right. What, it, it, but, but here's maybe where I feel like, how do I say this? Um, I feel like, uh, uh uh, there are more positives about him being in the election than negatives about it. Or the debate, sorry. Uh, do I think he bought himself into the debate? Fuck yeah, I do. But uh, do I think also it kind of proves that the DNC is corrupt and in that way it also uh, is a good thing? Yes, I do think so. Because it proves that the 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 uh, the the organization around them is is just uh, money hungry because they wouldn't do this if it was Joe Albert uh, with fifty dollars in his pocket or Cory Booker apparently or Andrew right. Yang which right uh, they all had qualms about the debate uh, qualifications at times during this process and they didn't change the rules for those people but they changed the rule for Bloomberg right. which I think. It does have to do with money, but I also think it has to do with that they're afraid of Bernie Sanders. And they realize Joe right. Biden can't do anything about it. So they're like, okay, we've yeah. got to get Bloomberg in there now because he's our he's our only hope, kind of. Uh, he's but our... I, I, think, I think they are mistaken in that, though. I think I think people are not <laughs> stupid enough to go from, from Bernie Sanders to Bloomberg. Like, why the fuck would they? 
it, no, well, that's never going to happen. Nobody who's voting for Bernie <laughs> is going to vote for Bloomberg. What they're thinking is people right. who are voting for Biden are going to vote for Bloomberg, or people who oh. are voting for Pete or Amy right. uh, Klobuchar right. are going to vote for Bloomberg. Uh, yeah. I saw today Bloomberg saying he wants people to start dropping out so they can... The people, those people can consolidate behind him, basically saying, <laughs> like, Biden and Amy Klobuchar should yeah. drop out. Uh, and right. Elizabeth Warren, I think, was the other one, because she's kind of fallen behind. Um, but I think Warren people would probably more go to Bernie. Some of them might not, to be honest, but I think a lot of them would go to Bernie as opposed to Bloomberg. Did you see the picture of Bloomberg? Bernie, uh, uh, Bloomberg put out a presser comparing Bernie to Trump like we've seen in the last few weeks, them trying to compare Bernie to Trump. And Bernie's people on his Twitter just posted a pic picture of Mike Bloomberg playing golf with Donald Trump. Did you see that? Mm. It's like, they're trying to compare, they're saying, oh, Bernie's just like Trump. They're like, they're working together. And then they just, Bernie's people just put out a picture of Trump and him playing golf because Mike Bloomberg used to be a Republican in New York. Him and Donald Trump were like friends. They hung out, you know what I mean? Uh... Yeah, Mike Bloomberg is definitely the classic sheep, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing happening here. Uh, I right. saw a great meme right. of the picture uh, the, of them playing golf and Donald Trump leaning over to him just saying in the caption, uh, see, if you get in and pretend to be a Democrat, then when we win, <laughs> then no matter who loses, uh, a Republican will win, I think is what the caption right. said. Right. And that's kind of right. what this is all coming down to. Yeah. I mean, I don't, uh, maybe I'm extremely naive, but I don't see him as a threat. I don't think he is either. I, I think, I think. I'm more worried about Pete than I am about him, to be, to be honest. I, I would agree with that. I think right. people who are in that group of like uh, really rich Democrat uh, people, uh, whether it's politicians or donors or whatever else, these really rich mm -hmm. Democrats, see his, him as an alternative because they say, oh, he's going to be our uh, version of Trump. He's going right. to be our New Yorker yeah, and billionaire. I, I understand the yeah. sentiment behind it, but it's just like, uh, for, for, me, for me, I'm much, much, much more scared about uh, the votes that Pete is getting, uh, definitely from the two first states. I think they I assume mean, that money can buy uh, a following and that you just spend all this right. money on advertising and uh, uh, right. outreach and whatever else, that money can just buy you, the, uh, buy you in to mm. uh, have whatever fans or people who want to vote for you. Right. But I think, I think it was Joe Biden, uh, he said... Uh, Sixty billion can buy you a lot of advertising, but it can't erase your your past record. He says so. Like, right. you're you're they're still gonna hit him on like stop and frisk and all the racist shit. Like, right. there's this week there's just been video after video of him saying racist shit. So, right, right. I've seen some of them. No, I I I, I like I said, I'm 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 not extremely worried about Biden. There's. People in the race that I'm much, much more worried for than him. I think it's kind of, I mean, it definitely shows the problems with our system that this guy can just get in at such a late race, uh, at such a right. late time, and then uh, I agree. just buy support, basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, let's move on. Um, 
Facebook changes uh, its rules after Bloomberg hires uh, fuck Jerry to post memes. And yes, that's actually the name. <laughs> well, we've talked about fuck Jerry before. We did we right, did right. cover the fire documentaries uh right. whatever last year or the year I think yeah, beginning of last year I guess it was. Beginning uh, of last year. Uh, Facebook decided Friday to allow a type of paid political message that has sidestepped many of the social network's rules governing political ads in a reversal that highlights difficulties tech companies and regulators have in keeping up with changes uh, with changing nature of paid political messages. Uh, Facebook's policy changes come days after Democratic nominee Mike Bloomberg exploited a loophole in to run humorous messages promoting his campaign on accounts of popular Instagram personalities followed by millions of younger people. Right, Instagram is owned by Facebook. If you did not know that, that's why they're right. referencing Facebook but talking about Instagram. Uh, Bloomberg campaign has more has paid more than a dozen social media influencers to post Blo Bloomberg memes using their Instagram <laughs> accounts, each of which has millions of followers. Uh, Bloomberg wrote in one exchange posted by an account called Fuck Jerry, which has nearly 15 million followers on Instagram. The candidate then sent a photo of him wearing baggy chino shorts and an orange polo and a zip-up vest. <laughs> so if you go down to the... Well, I'll read this because it's on Twitter. Uh, one of the... This is like one of the memes, okay? Uh, hello, mm -hmm. hello, Jerry. My granddaughter showed me this account. Your memes are very humorous. This is like a text message back and forth looking thing. Right. Uh, yeah. Can you post a meme that everyone uh, that lets everyone know I'm the cool candidate? Uh, what did you have in <laughs> mind? And then it has a picture of him, and it says when I when you're the cool candidate in the shorts and the. Uh, and fuck Jerry says, oh, that'll cost like a billion dollars. And <clears throat> Michael, Bloom, Michael Bloomberg then says, what's your Vimeo? Because he's mm -hmm. rich. Get it? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So funny. <laughs> stupid. Uh, it's so fucking stupid. It's a bad meme. It's not even a funny it meme. Is, That's the problem. It's not even funny. <laughs> uh, the lack of oversight. It's bad. Uh, it says the lack of oversight and clear rules around influencer marketing, not mention their effectiveness, effectiveness of reaching younger audiences, makes them ripe for misuse. In fact, Bloomberg's effort skirted many of the rules that t tech companies have imposed on political ads to safeguard the Uf U.S. elections from malice, oh, malicious foreign and domestic interference. Right. Right. So, why isn't MSNBC and CNN getting so mad about this? when this is the thing they said was so horrible at, about Facebook in 2015, he's doing, he's skirting all the rules that they spent all this time, like uh, making up about Facebook and other social medias. And now right. their guy who they're trying to push is being like, Oh, I, I don't care about your stupid rules. I'm rich basically. Yeah. No, it's just stupid. Yeah, and uh, talking about Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg the sack, uh, <laughs> wants um, uh, there be uh, urges for tighter resolutions, uh, regulations, sorry, for big tech. That's right. Uh, why don't you, you want to go into that one? Sure. 
I'll talk a little about that because I love the Zuckerberg or the Zuck. So he said, uh, uh, citing China, uh, Mr. Zuckerberg also warned expensive control risks, stifling individual expression. Uh, but I skipped the line. Facebook <laughs> boss Mark Zuckerberg has called for more uh, regulations of harmful online content, saying that there was no companies like his to decide what counts as legitimate free speech. Uh, oh, we could talk about free speech forever. Uh, then he is citing uh, China. He was speaking about the, at the Munich Security Conference in Germany. Social media giants like Facebook are under increasing pressure to stop the spread of false information. Facebook is particular has been criticized for its policy on political advertising. The company launched uh, new politi- policies for po- political advertising in the U.S. in 2018 and globally the following year. These rules require uh, political ads to display who has paid for them, and copy uh, of the ad is kept in publicly searchable database for seven years. I didn't know that they have to stay there for seven years. That's good. I hadn't heard that either, but it makes sense. Yeah, because then you can go back. Well, I think the other idea is that then you, the ones that weren't submitted like you see, if you see an ad for a campaign that wasn't submitted to that specific searchable database, it tells you right. that's not a real ad. That's or it wasn't created by that person, right? But this week, Facebook said it would not include sponsored political posts by social media stars in its database. Posts by politicians are uh, politicians are not always fact checked as part of the company's free speech policy either. So, it's kind of, it's kind of setting a premise and not following it. Then. I mean, this is just what happened with, with the, the Bloomberg story we just talked about, is that uh, right. it says sponsored political post, which means you pay an Instagram person to make a post, and it doesn't right. count as a political ad, because... I think what the idea here is, is that Facebook isn't being paid. Like, at no point when Bloomberg is paying an Instagram person does Facebook get any money from that ad. Therefore, Facebook isn't responsible for it, if that makes sense, because they never received any money. It's only the people responsible would be the Bloomberg campaign and whatever Instagram uh, person they're dealing with. Right. So Facebook, I think, goes, oh, we're... We're hands off. We we don't have anything to do with that. I think that's the kind of the idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, I find that a little confusing though, because it's it's not really. Yeah, I don't think that should really count though. I I think it's if they're gonna do if they're gonna get rid of political ads in one way and leave them mm. in a whole other way that can be abused much yeah. easier because they have no way of regulating it, I think that right. is a big problem. Yeah. It is, yeah. And it feels also like a kind of a double standard. Well, not only they... that, you got to think uh, budgets. So Bloomberg right. has an unlimited budget to spend on Instagram influencers or YouTubers or whatever else uh, to, to do this. But a smaller candidate isn't going to have a whole bunch of extra money to be paying... Uh, 
Nakado Avocado or whatever the fuck his name is. Right. <laughs> we will talk more about him in the gym around. Okay. <laughs> yes. Did you see it? has been... Yes. I can picture mm-hmm. that guy uh, doing a pro Bloomberg post for some reason, though. <laughs> he looks like a Bloomberger. <laughs> he just, I can just see him crying in a giant plate of nachos, right. being like, I love Michael Bloomberg! Leave Michael Bloomberg alone! <laughs> Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember that meme? Uh-huh. Leave mm-hmm. Britney alone! <laughs> anyway, Classic. uh... Yes. Talk about idiots. Uh, Trump supported denied emotional support cut off, uh, uh, cut out of Trump uh, to his dialist treatment. This is fantastic. This I love this news article. This is like, this is, oh, it, and and of course it had to be Florida. Of course it had. To. It had to be Florida. I mean, right. right. It, it was definitely going to be a Florida all along, but. Uh... <laughs> I feel oh. like this is a stunt, but let me I'll get into it really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. a, Florida man, a Florida man undergoing kidney dialysis three times a week is upset that he's not allowed to bring his life-size cardboard cutout of Donald Trump. Uh, Nelson Gibson told a local television station his family cannot sit with him during the three-and-a-half-hour treatments. In their absence, he began bringing a picture of Trump as comfort uh, as a comfort item. Uh, it feels just like bringing someone or something from home to make me feel more comfortable. Uh, Gibson said no one complained. Next, he started bringing a small cardboard cutout of himself standing next to the, a photo of Trump. No one complained. Uh, late Saturday, Gibson took a life-size cutout of Trump to his treatment. Uh, again, he said that no one took issue. But then when he returned on Tuesday for treatment with a with the presidential cutout... Uh, he said he ran into a roadblock. He told me that this was just too much and it wasn't a rally. Uh, he, he was told... Uh, oh, this is from the guy. It was supposed to be an issue of safety infectious diseases, which made no sense to me, Eric Gibson said. Uh, the Gibson family says they feel singled out since their center typically encourages patients to bring emotional support items. <laughs> I feel like he's just trolling this place, don't, don't you? I, I feel like he's definitely trolling this place. I like, I feel bad for the man that he needs. I like, <laughs> but it's, it's like it's fucking hell. Like, make a cutout of your fucking wife instead. That's like, a good point, right? Trump? Why wouldn't he bring a picture of his family if he's if right. his family can't come with him? So he brings a picture of Trump. That really doesn't make any sense. And I, I understand, like, no. if you're bringing a picture of right. of, uh, but bringing a life size cutter, I think, is a little over the top, maybe. <laughs> but I do feel like this is just a big troll. I feel like maybe I hope so. Partway through this, maybe somebody said something about the picture, and then he realized, oh, if I kind of increase it, and then he made it a little bigger, and say, see, he was like, oh, is anybody going to do anything about this? And he's like, oh, nobody did anything. I'll make it a little bigger. I'll make it a little bigger. <laughs> right. And, you know, right. he was just, yeah. I think he might have been egging it on to try to get somebody to react. That's my personal opinion. I could be wrong. 
No, it says five seconds of fame. Yeah, you I wanted guess so. that. Yeah, you wanted that, and he got it. It's fucking funny. Hey, remember we had the Nazi treasure terrain? Toot toot. I remember that. But uh, now look, we have a ghost ship instead. Woot woot. Woot woot. Woot woot. Yes. Bally Cotton, Ireland. I love that name of that town. That's Bally yeah. Cotton. That sounds incredibly Irish, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, a ghost ship drifting, drifting without a crew for more than a year washed ashore Ireland's south co- coast uh, during high seas caused by Storm Dan- Dennis, the, Republic- the Republic's Coast Guard said. The abandoned 250-foot, 77-meter 70, ship uh, ran against on the rocks outside the village of Ballycotton, near Cork, uh, Ireland's second city, bringing an end to its month-long voyage. Uh, the Atlas Odyssey began in, in September uh, 2019 when it became disabled in mid-Atlantic en route from Greece to Haiti. Her 10 crew members spent 20 days aboard the ship as it floated 1,380 miles southeast of Bermuda. Hmm? Bermuda? Mm. Triangle? and eh? mm. uh, Before they were taken mm. off by the crew of the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, at the time, the U.S. Coast Guard said it was working with the then-Tasmanian... Oh, Tanzanian flagship over... <laughs> o- Almost the same. Right. Owner to arrange a tug back to shore. Uh, the next official sighting of the 44-year-old vessel came last August when a British Royal Navy ice patrol ship uh, found the Atla floating crewless in the mid-Atlantic. Uh, and you hear in the background, you hear, The love The journey ended for the ship uh, on the rocks over the weekend as Storm Dennis raged. Right, there's giant storm... Uh, over there. I don't know if it got to... Did it affect you at all? Probably not, huh? No. No. no a little too no. high up. Right. And also, I don't live by the ocean at all. I live in the middle of the country, more or less. Well, I assumed it went all over that area of Europe, even inland, because it wasn't It wasn't a tropical storm. It was just a regular storm kind of storm. Ah, okay. Yeah. You know, I live... Very far from the sea. <laughs> I'm not super worried about uh, sea uh, sea uh, rising, to say it that way. Well, you don't live in Venice. I just read an article this week. Uh, right, or in the it's basically disappearing. <laughs> Venice is just not going to be there in ten years. Right, the same with Netherlands and Denmark. But I mean, you Especially. did you did build a city like in the water, so what did you expect to happen eventually, I guess? Right. Have you ever been to Venice? No. Nope. Have you ever been outside the States, by the way? Well, yeah, but not this. not outside the North America. Okay. What does that mean? I've been to Canada and, and Mexico. Ah, okay. I, I, I would say that counts. We're in Canada, worry, by the way. I've been to a couple places in Canada. I've been there a few times. Mostly Quebec. to go to concerts, actually. Have you ever been to Quebec? 
No, Canada? I've never been to the East Coast. I'm all, always on the West Coast of Canada. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to Canada talk. By <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, talking about other strange phenomena, I will go to this. Because scientists detect an unexpected radio signal from outer space that repeats every 16 days. That That is a very weird... Uh, um, yeah, like every 16 days. Why 16? For the first time, uh, uh, scientists have detected a, a radio signal from outer space that repeats at a regular intervals. The series of first radio bursts, short-lived pulses of radio waves that uh, come across the universe, was detected about an hour and four days and then stopped only to start up again 12 days later. The cycle repeated every 16.35 days for more than a year, according to a new paper about the research. The burst origined from a galaxy about 15 million light years. 500 million. Yes, 500 million light years. Uh, away. Star, uh, yes, uh, the discovery uh, of the 1635 period in repeating FRB source. What is FRB source? Oh, fast, you know? fast radio burst, like you said earlier. Right. Yeah. It's an important clue to the nature of this object, the scientists said of the paper. Object? So object. Okay. I guess hmm. they're referring to the signal as an object, or I guess... Hmm, right. I don't know. Uh, the repeating p- pattern uh, report Scientist X Network suggests the source could be celestial body of some kind orbiting around a star or another body. In such a scenario, the signal uh, would cease when it is obstructed by another body. Oh. Yeah, that's that makes sense. If it goes around something, right? Then right. when it's behind it f- from <laughs> right. from us, then we wouldn't. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. Yeah. So. Uh, MIT said it's not likely to be aliens in a statement uh, because the signals are a sign of energetic events that are on extreme scale of the cosmos. So MIT right. MIT saying not aliens, but still interesting. Mm. Yeah, I find that uh, interesting. Hey, uh, we talked a little about Mike Bloomberg before. Um, did you see, you see this attack ad? Because I saw this attack ad. Uh, I did. Uh, it's uh, a Bernie bro attack ad from Mike Bloomberg. Right. Uh, with a bunch of Twitter stuff. So go ahead and give me a countdown. In three, two, one, play. I'm no longer asking. You're making a huge mistake, Ray. Online Wait for the, there's one right here. I think it's the next one, maybe. Wait for it. No, maybe it's the next one. It says hashtag. Is a snake. Yes, Pete. Look, Look that one says out. hashtag Yang Gang. Yeah. That one's not even from Bernie people. You've been harassed by Bernie Bro, Bernie Angry Bros, it's Bernie Sanders Angry Army, what the it Democrats want. For those of us who hold different views, 
to be able to engage in a civil discourse. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. It's Mike. Yeah. 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 510. Mm-hmm. Do it. Biden three yeah. three three zero oh, three zero oh, three 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 zero. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I sent you something from last week tonight. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, what did uh, because they talked about universal health care. Let's talk a little about that uh, right now because there's no Trump that tells the truth this week because he's kind of feeling cranky. Uh, I, I don't. I don't even know where to go with that. What did you think of it? I guess I really liked it. I I think it was kind of funny how he he went through other people's plan and <laughs> like made the comparisons to Bernie Sanders' plan and called it like <laughs> two thirds uh, with the middle of a third and things like that. So I liked it. I, I, it looks like he's a Bernie supporter. I think he's just a British guy and knows that the NHS is a good thing. And him being right. British, he he goes, I have an out, outside perspective that maybe other people don't, or, or people in America can't see because they're American. And it, right. I don't necessarily think he's, he might be a Bernie supporter, but I think he just supports Medicare for all, at least according to this. I don't, I don't want to put words into his mouth, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, no, so I I think you know, people should go to last week, tonight's uh, YouTube page and look at that. Let's move on. I'm so used to say thank you, Tron, when we're, we're, we're done with, with the main, like, the news. I almost went, thank you, Tron. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, no. Uh, hey, we have an email address. It's another digital citizen. That's in one word. Another digital citizen at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Of course, we have no emails because nobody likes us, I guess. Or, uh, or the fact that email is antiquated uh, technology that only old people right. use. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, we're calling you old, Jeremy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's not what I meant at all. That's especially what I meant. Uh, we are on Twitter. Sorry. At Podcast ADC. At Podcast ADC. We are a part of the uh, Pod All the Time Network. Tell me a little about that, Luke. Uh, right. Pod All the Time Network. It's podcast helping podcast. Uh, another person in our network. Another podcast in our network, I should say. Uh, the Creative, in, intuitive, uh, helping passionate, right. purposeful, driven entrepre- entrepreneurs tap their I- I- intuition. So, mm. uh, cool. yeah, check them out on our network and go to Pod All The Time Network. Check out all the other podcasts on there. Mm-hmm. We have a Facebook page. I have heard that we have gotten a comment or two there. Uh, yeah, just one from Magna this week uh, about mm. Birds of Prey. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. he saw it because he says, I give it 7 out of 10. Uh, it was a fun movie. I hope Fro likes it when he gets to watch it. Which mm-hmm. I, I haven't maybe. talked to Fro about what he's seen this week. but Maybe we will talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Intent. <laughs> maybe. Intent. 
<laughs> hey, uh, Eurovision was this week uh, in Norway. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, the Norway song, but before we do that, you have a little article about what happened in Norway this week, Luke. Right, you want me to go into it? Yeah, because I think the Shadow app is behind the fucking Eurovision. Apparently, yeah. Uh, it says... Uh, Norwegian Broadcasting or NRK named the winner Saturday night of the Nor- Norwegian or the Norway to represent Norway. Sorry, at the Eurovision Song Contest this spring, but her victory was bittersweet. A scandalous breakdown of NRK's system for voting by the public meant that a backup jury of just thirty people chose Norway's four finalists, and voting for them was only available through NRK's own website. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, you're allowed to boo, claimed NRK uh, Ingrid Linhav, one of the three mm-hmm. highly pressured hosts of NRK's Eurovision. Uh, they had to try to explain live on national TV that the public's, the public's voting system had broken down and that the jury set up for just such a catastrophe would vote for the four finalists. Uh, we're, we're disappointed too, she said. So that's yeah. uh, that does sound exactly like Iowa. <laughs> mm-hmm. The clusterfuck of all clusterfucks. Are we gonna find Enter out that this lady's husband works for <laughs> NRK? The, ma- the manager of, of the girl that won. <laughs> she just happened to give a, a hundred thousand kroners right. to, <laughs> to NRK to right. make that. we are silly conspiracists (laughs) oh silly we're so silly yeah but yeah let's talk a little about the clusterfuck that was because I mean if you have a jury of people make it more than 30 okay like yeah 30 people I think that that is this like yep. a backup they just had, like it's part of the system, right. or is this, was this like, oh shit, we gotta figure something out because everything broke? No, they had it in case of a case of okay. a case. And okay. the, the thing is, like, they tested this system uh, weeks ago when when the semifinals started. They tested it out. Uh, it went down, of course it did, because it was the first time they tested it. And they they said then, five weeks ago, we promise you this will not happen again. We have a backup plan. Uh, everything will be fine for the final. And every semifinal after that went like a dream. So it was just the first semifinal of, of, of the four that that went to shit. And when, when they uh, then ha- had the votes, the NRK site was down. It was so many people that wanted to vote right, that makes sense. on the website that it didn't even fucking load. And they didn't have the capacity to, to, to give it. It was told that it was something like 5 million emoticon during the songs or something like that. It's like ludicrous. A ludicrous lot of people wanted to vote for this. And NRK wasn't prepared that's that's the scandal. 
Like, well, yeah, I, I think they weren't prepared for the app to go down. I don't think their website would right. have gone down if the app did, or whatever it was, the system they were using right. didn't go down. Can I talk about Stig, Stig Carlson for a second? And why does he look sure. like a really young Russell Crowe? <laughs> he kind of does. He's got Russell Crowe face. Look at this guy. Right. Yeah. He kind of does. Yeah. He's the leader of Eurovision in Norway. So, should we save Norway for last? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, let's. Yeah, we uh, just talked about Norway, so let's talk about what was the other one? Uh, I, 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 for some strange reason, I don't remember. Litauen, Lithuania, or Lithuania. That's what it was. Yeah, Lithuania. Thank you. Yeah, what did you think of the rope, my dear friend? I thought it was the rope. The Roop, sorry. Uh, is that the name of the band, or is that the name of the song? No, that's the name of the group. Right, okay. Uh, they were very Lithuanian, I think. On, on Fire, it's called. Okay. The song, by the way. Yeah. They were very Lithuanian? Yeah, what makes you say that? I mean, it was just it was incredibly 80s. It felt like you went back in time, you know what I mean? Like... Uh, it didn't feel very. It felt very eighties. I don't know how else to describe it. The dancing, the choreography, <laughs> the guys, uh, the lighting, the way they change the lights, and then they're all doing the robot. I mean, how eighties is that? <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you something that will maybe surprise you very much. This is my favorite so far. I thought it was I... fun. I I didn't. Uh, uh, I thought the whole thing was like really fun. I didn't think it was the best so far. Yeah. I freaking love this song. I have listened to it all uh, fucking week on repeat. And it is so good. I just love this. Is this this is I I am very uh I, I will say this very cautious because I have not listened to all the songs that have come out this year but right. so far this is a better year than last year's. Uh, by yeah. by, by a fucking mile. But we did have two really good songs this week, so maybe you're being yeah, we did yeah. yeah. Maybe I you're agree. just going off this week, but I mean this song. Uh, but yeah, Australia as well. We we both liked Australia. Well, and most were really good. Yeah, and I liked Italy. Right. So I I think it's been a very strong year this far. I'm so just far. saying that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so far, it's better than last year's by a mile. But yeah, yeah. What would you give the rope, the rope on fire? Uh, geez, I don't know. Uh, probably a three. Right. This is getting my first ten out of ten. I mean, the only <laughs> I just, thing I physically uh, could not help but laugh at them. That kind of right. was like because when they do the. When they're dancing, they do this thing yeah. with their hands above with their the heads, hands. and they, they yes. bend their knees and bounce up and down. Right. You can't right. help but laugh at that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know, but I love it. It's it's like this is Eurovision for me. This oh, this, this is song, yeah, super Eurovision. Yeah. The this is magnifying glasses uh, right. that they use. I say get yes. get bigger ones. It'll help yes. with the illusion. Yeah. I understood what they were going for. They just right. need to get bigger magnifying glasses that are like yeah. the size of your head, basically, right. to make it work. Right. Uh, which that I th thought that was cool. I actually do really like the dancing because it's 
Me too. It's a lot better than the Australia lady. I'll right. Tell you that. Right. Um, yeah. It is very 80s. Like, you couldn't be more 80s looking. It was right out of MTV from from 1985. <laughs> and I kind of right. like that. about even He's even got the George Michael earring and everything. You know right. what I mean? So, yes. Yes. Uh, but they did it in a really good way. I like the song. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just love this. But uh, then we have a country called Norway. I don't know where, where that is. I think it's pretty close to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it's right around Ulrich, you somewhere. Yeah. Right around you somewhere. <laughs> around me. <laughs> yeah. It was Ulrik Brandstorp uh, with attention. I'm not going to say a thing. I'm just going to let you talk first. Uh, this was the best song so far. I think you guys have a good chance of winning, to be honest. Uh, I'm so happy when you say that. <laughs> I mean, this was so strong as far as uh, vocally. Uh, the song's amazing. The lyrics mm-hmm. are really good. Uh, I can see people remixing, especially the part where she's talking about being on the dance floor. I can see people mm-hmm. just cutting that part out and making some kind of dubstep thing or something out of it, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. which that's always a plus for this kind of Eurovision song. Uh, it shows its versatility. The lighting's amazing. Are fireworks mm-hmm. allowed at the actual yeah. final? Okay. Yes. So yes. that impressed me. I don't think I've ever seen fireworks like that used in that way, I guess, for a Eurovision song. Uh, I like the smoke all over the ground. And mm. overall, I, I got to give this thing like a six. Whoa! <laughs> Wow! <laughs> wow! You shocked me. Yeah, no, I I love this. This was my favorite uh, going into the final. Uh, I was extremely happy this one. Uh, it was pretty close. In, in the super final that they had with the two, it was like 10,000 uh, votes or something like that. That... Uh, was between first and second. Right, okay. So it was pretty close. Uh, and I, I just think this song is one of the strongest songs this year. I totally agree with you. Her voice is amazing. When she goes up in the light things, and, and she does it so good. It doesn't like sound like she's screaming at all. She's like, she has a power ballad mm-hmm. voice. It's very good for a power ballad because that's what this is. And you got I the cellos. I thought it was a good use of the people on the right. stage. They had what? Uh, yes. Exactly. They had five, right? So that's like. Right. I think that's yes. the amount you're allowed to have. Yes. And I think they did yes. it really well. They had her start out alone, sure. and then the people came in like partway through right. the song. Uh, yeah. But you had the cellos on the side that kicked in, and then the lighting as she's doing that note you were talking about. As it came, the lighting came up with uh, mm-hmm. the note, and then she hits the crescendo, and the fireworks go off. I mean, yeah. that is production. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is my second! 10 out of 10, Louis! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a very uh, good week for you, Vishnu. I, I just, like, I just adore this song. It's, like, I, I have listened to that again and again and again as well. It is just the I I can't I can't wait now for for the, the semi. So I think we have a very very good shot. I'm I'm even more 
happy about this than I was last year's. And last year's, we won the televoting. So, I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just... Just FYI, I'm more happy about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as, as long as I've been watching Eurovision, which isn't that long, but uh, this Fine. is the song, as far as Norway goes, that I think has the best chance since I've been watching. So, Oh, yeah, totally. So, Luke, TV round, I will let you go first, because you said you have watched an enormous amount, and I have watched, like, three, four shows. Okay, let's see, I watched six, so, yeah. Uh, let's start with something old that I just kind of, I actually, uh, thought I was watching something else and I went into it and I was like, started watching it. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I just watched it all night. Uh, Brockmire. Have you ever seen this show? No, never heard of it even. It's about a baseball, uh, announcer who, uh, his wife cheats on him and, and, uh, it becomes this huge scandal and then it becomes this, uh, meme, he becomes a meme online he leaves the country uh, and comes back years later, and uh, at that point, uh, he's like a huge celebrity for being a joke, uh, being a meme online, and he right. gets a job as like a tiny little, and with a tiny little uh, baseball, baseball club, I guess, baseball team, uh, doing announcing through the internet, and it's, it's just a really funny show. I'd recommend it. Uh... It's older. I want to say it's from 2017. There's multiple seasons, so it would be something if you want to watch multiple seasons or something. I give it a 7.5. Very funny. Talking about old, I can. I think I can be, beat you by some years. Okay. I, I uh, figured out that I haven't seen the original Fantasy Island where, because we were doing Fantasy Island. Uh, as one of the films we're doing this week, I, I figured out that I should watch the TV show because I have only seen the Malcolm McDonald one from the 90s. Okay. Uh, uh, that was... I don't think I ever saw that one. One, one season. Yeah, oh, no, okay. It, yeah, no, I've never seen... I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. It's it's uh, it's something. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's Malcolm McDonald being very Malcolm McDonald. Okay. It, I, I I recommend it. But uh, yeah, no, this is the old seventy show. Uh, seventy nine was the first season. Mm -hmm. This is seven seasons, uh, and I have not not watched anything of it. And I I am enjoying it. Uh, it's very background TV show. It's like it, it's like. If you don't watch it, you you, you don't get uh, you don't really miss anything. Right. So it's like in one ear and out the other ear. But I I I enjoy that kind of things, especially when I've been busy like I've been this week. But uh, right. yeah, I I will give it a six and a half. I guess it's not good, but it's not bad either. <laughs> okay. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Tell you, I mean, people probably already know what it's about. We don't need to go into that. Uh, something you watched last week that I watched this week, uh, for life, uh, mm -hmm. which is a, which you went into last week. Basically, about a guy who is in jail who becomes a lawyer, uh, so that he can try to get out of jail. Which I didn't even right. know. I don't know know if that's even possible. They, the way they describe it, it's like he had to do all these crazy loopholes to become a lawyer. And you jail. know what? This is based on a fucking true story. Oh, really? Okay. Actually, yes. that kind of makes sense. Uh, 
I mean, it's it's uh, it is definitely a standard uh, network TV show drama, but kind of interesting right. in the in that uh, the story has a fun. Uh, yeah. What's a word for it? Twists. Uh, it has multiple twists to it, kind of. Right. You know what I mean? During it, and that that makes it fun. Uh, but still, I give it like a six. It's nothing amazing, but it's pretty good. I think the acting is better than giving it a six. I think it, I gave it a seven or a seven and a half. Yeah, last week. I didn't think all the I, acting I think, was good. I thought some of it was good. I thought some of it was bad. And I mean, I as far Jim as is brilliant, the main actor is brilliant. That's oh, okay. One of my, yeah, yeah. I thought that as far as like it being a network drama, it was very cut and dry that way. As far as the editing, right. the camera style, and things like that. I watched uh, Survivor episode one of season forty. Ooh, a reunion special episode season where twenty of the winners that have won before came back to the island to play again. You know what? You reminded me that this was even happening, and I still forgot to watch it. I, I don't know <laughs> what that says about me and Survivor, but. <laughs> yeah, but you don't like All Stars, though. I don't. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't. I don't really like any of those kind of All Star seasons. Right. I've never really liked them. They always. I don't know. It just feels weird uh, bringing these people back, and, and they're all. Oh, I'm so great. I'm the All Star. You know, it just. Uh, right. It loses some of the humbleness that you'll get from some characters when they're brand right. new to a game. Yeah. Yeah, but I I liked it. Uh, I mean, it's Survivor. What do I need to say? Uh, I'll probably watch it this week. Uh, I saw something that I thought was going to come out weeks ago, but I guess it came out in Canada weeks ago and just came out uh, on Hulu, Endlings, which is a Canadian TV show. Okay. It's about some kids uh, who... Well, there's an alien race that's going around the universe <laughs> gathering up different species... Today. And one of the things they need to get is an elephant, and it's the mm. future, and there's only one elephant left in the entire world, and this alien comes down to get the one elephant in the entire world, and these kids have to try to defeat these aliens. Right. Uh, I give it a four. Is it the kids show? It, is it the kids show? It's a bit of a kids show. Yeah, it's definitely, like, yeah. kid-oriented. The special effects in this are awful. Uh, the acting is mid-level. Uh, it's definitely like a 3.54 show. I'll give it a 4 uh, because I think as if I was 14, 13, 14, I would have loved it. But maybe not so much now. I saw a documentary series called The Witness. Uh, two episodes about Joe's Witness and their uh, molesting children scandal. It was very informing. I knew a lot of things of this before. It's something I recommend everybody watching if they don't know anything about Jehovah's Witness scandal. When it comes to pedophilia, uh, uh, everybody thinks of the uh, Catholic Church, but actually Jehovah's Witnesses are even worse, believe it or not. So I wa uh, watched two episodes. I would give it uh, eight. It's a very in the middle of like documentary style wise. It's not like super good, but the topic is interesting enough to give it an eight. Uh, another thing you watched last week, uh, the pharmacist. I watched yes. season 
I wrote season one, but I think it's this is all it's going to be. It's just the four right. episodes. Um, yeah. Very good. I gave it a 6.5. I mean, it's pretty standard as far as the documentary style goes. And mm-hmm. what did you? What was the thing you said it was remind? Uh, don't fuck with cats. I mean, right. I feel like Netflix is maybe going to start producing a lot of these things that look very similar. And I don't know if that's right. a great idea because it'll start to wear down on people, things being so much the same, kind of like uh, right. how uh, superhero movies have done for me, maybe, is a good example. Right. Uh, but I like this. But do, you, but do you agree that it kind of has the don't fuck with uh, cats twists and things like that? Yeah, that's what I mean. Even the yeah, everything right. right down to the end of it, it it feels very yeah. similar. Like it was almost made by the right. same people or made from the same kind of formula, right? Um, yeah. But with yeah. a totally different story, which I did like the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting story, yeah. uh, and it keeps you engaged in that. Oh, I want to see what happens next. Even like halfway through the episode, you're like, oh, I want to see what happens. Not even at the end of the episode. Halfway through, I'm like, oh, I need to keep watching. Uh, so if you need something that you you want to really engage in, this isn't a show you, like you said with uh, Fantasy Island where you if you're not paying attention to it and it's in the background, you're gonna right. have no idea what's going on. So this is a show right. you need to sit down and really watch. But I enjoyed it. Uh, Six point five. Uh, do you want to talk about the worst show of uh, the year so far? <laughs> uh, is that the last show you watched? Yeah. Okay, let me do... I have one more. So, uh, Duncanville, yeah. a cartoon on Fox. Uh, okay. I would recommend it. It's about this kid... It's just about a kid uh, growing up in high school and kind of his... You know, it's it's a family sitcom kind of cartoon on Fox. Yeah. Right. And he's like a teenager, like, 14, like 15, 16-year-old kid, uh, and he's going into, you know his formative years as a, 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 a 15, 16 year old kid. You know what I mean? And it's just about right. his, him growing up. I would recommend it. It's very, I, I thought it was incredibly funny. I give it a seven. Uh, so yeah, yeah, check that out next week, bro. And let me know what you think. I will write it down on my list to see. Should we now talk about the worst thing? Uh, both of us have seen this week. Sure. <laughs> Uh, tell me the premise for uh, uh, Utopia Falls, uh, Luke. Uh, well, it's after <laughs> the world has ended, I guess. Mm-hmm. Was it that something happened and the world ended, but there was this one place that was, they blocked off with this huge bubble, like force field thing, and it's where all the people on Earth The dome, were. Luke. The dome. It's the dome. It is kind of the dome. Uh, it's like the sequel to the TV show, The Dome. Uh, Right. And so they have this society inside this dome that they can't leave. And for some reason, uh, well, there's different classes of people. So there's like the workers and they're the leaders of the group. And there's, uh, for some reason, a contest to find leaders every Mm -hmm. whatever, certain number of years, obviously, like an election. But the way they fa- find their leaders for this society, instead of electing them or something, or them being born into being a king or something, they have a dance competition <laughs> so that they can find their leader. <laughs> and if that is sounds dumb, it really is d- way dumber than you think it is. <laughs> 
just into that premise. It's so funny because you say it and it sounds fine <laughs> up right until you say and then they have a dance competition. <laughs> I mean, it is the dome. It's the dome with dance competition. That is definitely what it is. Oh, no, not really. I mean, the futuristic as- aspect of it, that they're all right. separated in these different groups. Yes. And there's this whole, like, um, cultural thing. I, I actually found, I don't know, it, there was this offensive part where the, the one guy, he uh, in this future, <laughs> they've kind of gotten rid of a lot of the history of, like, art and, and yes. stuff. And this guy, he hears rap one time, once. Mm-hmm. And all of well, a sudden, he can just... He's the best yeah. rapper in the whole world. In the world. Well, literally the whole oh, world in the show. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Oh, I hated this show. Oh, for fuck's sake. I watched two episodes of it. I am never, ever going to watch Oh, no. Episode. Yeah, I had a hard never. time even getting through the second one. Because the first <laughs> one was bad, but I was at least going like... What is and I was laughing, but I'm trying to get through the second one, and there was no laughter left. It was just this is awful. Oh. The acting's bad. We should say uh, yes. The prem, the, everything's bad. The special effects, the uh, camera work, uh, yeah, everything's Nothing bad about this. Good. Oh, it's so bad. There are actual uh, errors in audio as far as like yep. voices not matching up to lips, things like that. Yep. Um, yep. I'm looking. It's got a 29 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. How the fuck did this get on Hulu? Hulu just buys up anything nobody else wants to buy. They just... <laughs> I guess, because this is the proof of that, because this is... I, I think... I think it's... I I definitely think it's better than... Uh, I think it's worse than the island. I will say that again. I. This is worse <laughs> than the island? Uh. Yes. The last one, I think you were incredibly wrong about. This one is a right. way closer to being <laughs> island territory. I gave it a one. I gave it a one as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You this is. Check I'm pretty it out sure I gave. I'm pretty sure I gave uh, the island a, a point five. So. Right. It think, but they're so close together, I, I would have a hard time. I mean, uh, this definitely is in contention for worst of the year already, and we're only in February. Oh, yeah. so. Definitely. I will be super surprised if that, this doesn't show up uh, somewhere on our list. Mm-hmm. I will be shocked if, if both of us goes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, my fifth place is uh, Atopia Falls. <laughs> what? There was four shows that was worse than Utopia. <laughs> yeah, no, this is oh, fuck, it's bad. Yeah. Oh so yeah, this is on Hulu. Hulu, not Netflix, right? Yeah, it was Hulu. I said Hulu. Okay, I I, I thought it was Netflix for a second in my head. I, no, no, no. But I think uh, there is kind of a uh, there's something to putting really bad stuff on your network because. Uh, what if you end up with a room scenario where everybody watches right. it because it's bad? I mean, it could happen. Uh, something that wasn't that bad is episode 7, 8, 9, and 10 of Messiah. Uh, that's right. Uh, let's go through them one by one, but make each review pretty quick. Uh, episode 7, it came to pass as it was spoken. Uh, news of a Marvel electrifies the phenomenon around Al-Maish 
but Eva's skepticism deepens. Uh, Jabril and Samer's path uh, diverge amid political unrest. So, yeah, this yeah, is the episode right after he walks on water. Mm -hmm. And the little kid's brother takes off in this episode. And, uh, and uh, my conspiracy theory of uh, the guy... Uh, the little boy in the desert being uh, Messiah uh, totally screwed itself in this episode. So that was fun. Right, and my theory of them being twin brothers did as well because we go and interview <laughs> the twin brother. But when we find this is the episode where we find out that uh, the one guy is a magician. Uh, at least right. uh, the, one, the one brother who's not Almaish is a magician and he says that Almaish right. is also a magician and that He's a better magician than I am. Uh, yeah, which would explain the walking of water. Uh, let's give it this episode. Well, I don't even remember. Let's just do it all together. Uh, episode yeah. 8, uh, Force Majeure, gaining the ear of the president, Almish issues a challenge and causes turmoil in the White House, but he soon, mm -hmm. fa soon faces probing questions himself. I really, really, really enjoy this episode. Me too. This is this is maybe the best episode. Uh, yeah, he goes to the White House, or yeah. Uh, I guess actually this is the episode where he's forced to go to the White House, right? They put the thing over right. his head, and they you think he's getting captured and taken away to jail again by the CIA right. or whatever, like they did last time. But he ends up in the Oval Office. Yeah. No, it it, it was very fun. And uh, who was the guy that played the president? Do you know? I don't even remember. Uh, no. I have to look it up. No, because I, I think I've seen him in something. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I've seen him in things. Right. I just don't remember his, the actor's name. Right. I, I just can't uh, remember what I've seen him in. I was like, I've seen him in something. Anyway. Yes, episode 9? Episode 9, God is Greater. Eva unearths uh, alarming details about Almeish's past. Uh, Jebriel and Samer's paths then unexpected, unexpectedly collide. Uh, Rebecca, oh, and then Rebecca steps up at a crucial moment. Right, so this is yeah. uh, where she finds out who Almaish like actually is. He's actually human. Right. Uh, they get the do the dossier on him, right? Right. And uh, then at the very end of this episode is when the little girl goes up in front of the whole crowd and has uh, a seizure at the same time as the other kid is, uh, what do you call it, backpack bombing a mosque? Right, right. yes. You know, this is also a very strong episode. I, I thought episode 8 and 9 was maybe the two strongest episodes of this the show. I, I really like this episode. Uh, then we go to episode 10 that we watched together, me and you. Yeah, the Wages of Sin. Eva scrambles to thwart a plan designed by to silence Almaish while breaking news causes uh, dismay among his followers. So this episode is when the the one la uh, the one guy who was working with uh, Eva, uh, he hands over the dossier to this news reporter right. uh, and she releases it to the public uh, showing all of this um, Almeish's followers, hey, he's not really superhuman, he's actually just a regular human. Right. 
I thought this was super interesting as well. Uh, it, it it was a little slow episode. I think you would agree to that. Not a, super much happening, but the ending though was really really good. Uh, yeah. Uh, why don't you go into the ending? Spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched it. Go ahead and go into what right. happens at the end. From so they crash the plane, and uh, the FBI agent uh, dies, according to a kid that he meets on the ground. Because uh, of course the Messiah is totally unhurt of the crash, just walked uh, out of it, and he gets woken by a kid that says that. Uh, Messiah touched him and uh, made him, because he was grey in the skin uh, so he was dead and made his heart start again and we just see the Messiah walking in a field of uh, poppy seeds uh, uh, poppy flowers right? yeah, poppy flowers and smiling to the camera I just love it which (laughs) me and Fro were debating they could do a second season out of this because yes. basically all the main characters are still alive, right? Because he brought back to life the one main character that died and whoever the other guy was in the plane that he brought back to life as well. Uh, and so you could do a second season of this where they go into, is he really a messiah or not, whatever, or they could end it here. Well, Which would you rather have from? Uh, I liked the ending. I don't... I, I think I said this at the Leftovers uh, finale uh, season one as well. I said, oh, they're not going to make anymore. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> Luke likes to point that out. Uh, but, you know, I, I wouldn't mind either way, I guess. I, I'm interested in seeing one more season. Especially if they made him even more like, yeah, the controversy. Because we also see uh, the priest burning down the church in this episode. We didn't say that. that And there's all these characters in this season. Uh, The kid at college. The dying, yeah. uh, The dying, oh yeah, we didn't mention that. The one girl with cancer died. But her Mm. her parents are still alive. That could still be part of the story. But there's all these characters that we didn't really get a conclusion to what happened in their in right. their storyline. So I feel like you totally could do a second season. I don't necessarily think they need to, but if no, they don't, if they're, I think they could, I guess, uh, the right. president's name, Dermot Mulroney Fro. He was in, he's actually the voice of, uh, the radio person in the purge, uh, TV show. <laughs> really? Okay. He was <laughs> in, he was in arrested development. He was in uh, Hannah, uh, Hannah, the, right. Prime yes. show, uh, yes. new new girl, Shameless. Right. Yeah, he's right. been in a lot of things. Yeah. All over. What would you give this show? Uh, I'll give it an eight. <coughs> I agree. A very strong eight. Yeah, possibly an eight point five. Yeah. It's 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 like they're tipping. I I will definitely say this. This went from very bad to extremely good. I think I think if I would binged it, I would maybe liked it even more. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the main topic, Luke, because uh, we are going to talk one of, one of the candidates. Um, Pete Bodicharch. Because 
Yeah, he's in the CIA, right? Well, there is a conspiracy theory online that says that he is. And, and we're going to go, go into the conspiracy theory, I guess. I have seen a lot of people in cars this week. What is it with people in cars and conspiracy theories? What, filming themselves in their car? Right. <laughs> or just people in yeah, cars? <laughs> no, like filming themselves in cars. Because Cons- like two, I think two or three of the videos that you sent me was people talking about this from their car from for some strange reason. It's almost like conspiracy theorists want to be away from everybody when they're making their crazy video. Like, if they were in their house, their wife would be like, Daryl, shut up! Get off the internet! <laughs> uh, Stop having those conspiracy theorists, Daryl! Make dinner! But yeah, there is a theory that started pretty recently, actually, uh, about him, yeah. him being a CIA agent. Uh... It says here, from his hypnotic blue eyes to his establishment resume, some far-left critics see Buttigieg as a perfect CIA asset. They even go down to, like, his the color of his eyes, apparently. Uh, mm. The far right is known for loony conspiracies like uh, QAnon and Pizzagate, which we covered both those on mm. the show in the past if people want to go back and listen to those episodes. Uh, but while the right dominates tin, the tinfoil hat market, it does, doesn't have a complete monopoly. Uh, case in point, some on the far left think that Pete Buttigieg is a CIA agent. Uh, Buttigieg has denied that he has any connections to the spy agency, but in one of those circular <laughs> arguments that simply can't be refuted, right. his critics say that, of course, he would deny it. Anyone who right. says they were involved with the CIA clearly <laughs> is not a spy. Fired. Right. Right. Yeah, they would be fired on spots. <laughs> of course he's not going to say, yeah, of course I'm a spy. Right. Yeah, of course. You'd be I'm the worst spy. spy ever if you did that. <laughs> I love spying. It's the most fun thing I know. So what do you think about this whole theory before we start to get into the details? Well, um, I want to say my 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 what I think about it to the end. But before I started... Looking into it, yeah, I will yeah. tell you that I yes, I will tell you that I thought this was ludicrous. I I just thought this was completely, utterly just a stupid conspiracy theory, with no merit or not founded in any like, no merit, nothing at all. We privately joked was... back and forth about this when it first right. started, and we were like, "Oh, that's so silly." We I would sent. Fro like this goofy guy, probably in his car, like saying he something crazy. in his car, yeah, yeah, <laughs> saying something mm-hmm. crazy about it, and uh, we thought it was hilarious. And then uh, it started to kind of promulgate and b- get bigger. Yeah. Was, there was a snowball effect that all of a sudden there are real big newspapers writing about it, and we're like, okay, this is something maybe uh, we should talk about on the show, and that's why I picked it for the main topic. Uh, it says here. The origin of this conspiracy theory is Buttigieg's resume. Uh, Harvard, the consultant firm McKinsey, and his stint in the military. All of these are proof positive that Buttigieg is really part of the deep state. Mm-hmm. Of uh, course. Put together a picture forms an elite, educated, multi-language speaking employee of the CIA's consultant firm who currently serves as an intelligence officer in the Naval Reserves, Steve 
Poinkian, uh, who hosts a YouTube vlog for the daily, uh, told the Daily Beast, if you create a CIA asset in a lab, you wind up with Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> that is actually I mean, funny. <laughs> here, here's my biggest problem with it. The guy <laughs> learned Norwegian. Nobody that learns Norwegian works for the CIA. Yeah, but he's he knows lots of different languages. I think he knows like five different languages or something, and that's something that like you would see in that James Bond right. would do. He knows all these languages because right. he's traveling all around the world, right? But how strange is it that he learned himself Norwegian? Out of all languages in the world, he learned himself Norwegian because he thought he was um. That's I mean, a very it, strange thing to do. Uh, I don't know if it has anything to do with your guys' socialist politics, but have you ever looked into his dad? No, I haven't. Uh, I mean, according to this, uh, it says here he specialized in European literature and theory. So maybe that has something mm. to do with it. He was a translator maybe. and edited three volumes of the English edition of the prison notebooks published from 92, 92 to 2007. Uh from the National Endowment for Humanities. Uh, he was a for founding member of the president of the International Gramsci Society founded to facilitate communication between those who study a Antonio Gramsci. So his dad was way super into both European culture and language. So maybe that explains right. why, uh, why he's super into that. Yeah, no, I know. I mean... I, I should like him uh, even more that he likes uh, learned himself Norwegian. I mean, that's super impressive. Uh, but uh, I don't know if that makes you a good candidate for run for president to, to know Norwegian. Sure, I'm. I'm just. I, I don't know why we're talking about him as we're talking about him as a CIA agent, not as a president. So right, 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 right. But he's he's a candidate, so. Well, yeah, that's why we're talking about this. That's why this all became a theory online to begin with, I suppose. Uh, and it, we'll get into why it's connected even more here in a second. Uh, it says here, add to that the 200 or so foreign policy and national security officials who have endorsed Buttigieg, and you have to confirm the conspiracy theory. Right, so these are the he's got 200 or so national security officials who have endorsed him for president. So there's kind of your right. connection to him as as a president uh, uh, and why maybe the CIA would be working to make him a president because where did this guy come from? He's not, he's not a senator, he's not a congressman, he's a mayor of a tiny little town and all of a sudden he's like right. way up in the polls running for president of the United States. So people go... Right. How did this happen, right? And they start looking into his military service. So go to uh, his military service under his Wikipedia yeah. page. Peter Judge uh, joined the U.S. Navy Reserve through the Direct Commission Officer Program and was sworn as ensign in the Naval Intelligence in September 2009. In 2014, he took seven months leaving during his mayoral term to deploy to Afghanistan. While there, Buttigieg was a part of a United 
unit assigned to identify and disrupt terrorist uh, finance uh, networks. Part was done at Bargam Air Base, but he also worked uh, as an armed driver for his commander on more than a hundred trip trips to Kabul. The judge jokingly referred this uh, to uh, his role as military Uber. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, because he had to watch uh, out for ambushes and explosive devices along the roads and ensure that the vehicle was guarded. In order to better communicate with the local Afghanistans, he learned some Dari, a dialect of Persian language, which the judge was awarded the Joint Service Command Medal and resigned for uh, his commission from the U.S. Navy Reserve in 2017. Right. And then we should go back to his professional career. I'll read this. It says, After earning his Oxford degree in, in 2007, Booty Judge became a consultant at the Chicago office of McKinsey & Company, where he worked on energy, retail, economic development, and logistics for three years. His clients included health insurer Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, electronics retailer Best Buy, uh, Canadian supermarket Loblaws, uh, and two nonprofit environmentalist groups, and several U.S. government agencies, including the EPA, the Energy Department, the Defense Department, and the Postal Service. Uh, he took a leave of absence from McKinsey in 2008 to become a researcher for J Jill Long's Thompson unsuccessful campaign in Indiana. Uh, mm. So, yeah, that's kind of his history. Uh, Buttigieg has been involved with the Truman National Security Project since 2005 and serves, serves as a fellow with expertise in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Uh, yeah. So what does that all have to do with him being in the CIA? Well, where this all came out of, where this whole thing started, was uh, his endorsements from the CIA people. So go mm -hmm. to that gray zone article and if you click the roster of endorsements uh this is where it really started is uh an article by samuel d finkelstein uh after this article came out that's when the hashtag caia pete started trending on twitter from okay so uh the the question continues to loom large over the 2020 democratic field who is pete Buttigieg and what is he doing here seemingly overnight a once obscure Mayor Indiana, fourth largest city, was vaulted to national prominence. The publication. This is a publication of a list of 218 endorsements from foreign policy and national security professionals by Booty Judge's campaign. Deep in the mystery of the mayor's rise, some observers have raised question about Pete's intimate relationship with the national security state. After it was revealed that his campaign had paid nearly $600,000 for security to a Blackwater-style military contractor. Mm. Uh, Booty Judge's new roster of endorsements from high-ranking CIA officials, regime change architects, and global financiers should raise more questions about the real forces propelling his campaign. And, it, yeah, it goes into it. But uh, So that article came out, and people uh, were kind of blown away by how many big people in the military industrial complex complex really top people were for some reason 
backing a mayor of whatever South Bend, Indiana. You know what I mean? Right. Right. What do you think about that? No, I I agree. Uh, it is incredibly weird. I think it, I I. I like I said, before I looked into this, I thought it was just a silly thing. But the more I, yeah, the more I, I, I look into it, I, I can see where the conspiracy thought came from. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've, well, we'll get into it, but I don't think from this research we've done, and I've gone pretty deep into it, that there's any real proof, but there's a lot of no. uh, circumstantial evidence, I suppose. Right, yes. It's a lot of one plus one plus one plus one, <laughs> like, information. Right. So it says here in an article called, uh, Median Darling Pete Buttigieg was in a unit that worked with the CIA in Afghanistan. Uh, we find out that uh, he's a, maybe not connected, but uh, it says here, well, Buttigieg's campaign denies allegations he was a CIA asset. Uh, military records reveal Mayor Pete was in a unit that worked with the spy agency in Afghanistan. Uh, after the Gray Zone published an article that we were just reading, uh, the coup uh, and the coup, coup plotters and other about his mystery trip to Somaliland, uh, which, do we want to talk about that right now? Sure. Did you watch the video I sent you, what, yesterday? About the whole S yes. Somaliland? So, there's right. this little tiny country in Africa. Mm -hmm. And Pete Buttigieg went there to write an article for the New York Times. Is that what you were to understand? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, he, t Him and his friend, and they said they went there on vacation, according to mm -hmm. like his passport, I believe, is what they're going off of, I assume, right? Because right. you have to say what your purpose for your trip right. is. He's going there for right. a vacation. He was only there for 24 hours, so it's not much of a vacation. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And he went Let's for vacation. His vacation, he went to Somaliland right. for some reason. Right, because uh, that's uh, uh, exactly the same as Disneyland. Maybe <laughs> it just got him mixed up, I suppose. Right. Right, yeah. He was uh, like, I can't wait to be in Disneyland. And he goes out and is like, oh, oh. <laughs> It says here, under public pressure for more transparency about his work in the in the notoriously secret McKinsey consulting firm, the Buttigieg campaign released some background details this December. The di disclosures included a timeline for his work for various clients that he stated uh, he stepped away from the firm during the late summer and fall of 2008 to help full-time with the Democratic campaign. Uh Booty Judge and Nathaniel Myers spent 24 hours in the autonomous region of Somaliland. In that short time, they interviewed unnamed government officials and faithfully relayed their pro-independence line back to the American public in July 2008 in an op-ed in the New York Times. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's now, just another I, I, connection. I, right. That's and I do weird. think, like, 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 I think, I, I, I think it's kind of uh, 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 like they said, it's also with the op-ed in the New York Times. It's it's like it, uh, it, it is very s strange. Has he come out and talked about this visit? 
for 24 hours, what he did there in 24 hours. I haven't seen anything of him like just talking about it, but I don't know if anybody's asked asked him about it. Or if they have, right. uh, I don't think anybody's replied to them. Uh, yeah. Uh, it says, following the fia fia fiasco in Iowa, the voting resulted uh, results were blocked thanks to a factual technology error produced by a dark money outfit linked to Buttigieg. And Mayor mm -hmm. Pete uh, inexplicably took himself uh, oh, took himself to be the victor. Uh, a hashtag, oh, the hashtag trended nationally, meaning hashtag CIA Pete. So after the whole right. Iowa thing and Pete being paying this company, that's when uh, people, the, the hashtag even went more uh, viral because they're making more connections now. It's, it's becoming more of a conspiracy theory, right? right. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, neither article published by the Gray Zone accused Buttigieg of working for the CIA. However, according to military documents that have gone mostly under the media's radar, it does appear that the former mayor worked alongside the CIA while serving as a high-ranking naval intelligence officer during his short stint in Afghanistan. Moreover, the unit Buttigieg uh, supervised was a subset of the DEA, or Drug Enforcement Agency, the U.S. agency responsi responsible for the disastrous war on drugs that has, has spawned humanitarian catas catastrophes throughout Latin America and much of the world. Right. So why is that important? Well, what's in Afghanistan, Fro? Besides uh, oil. Yeah, drugs. Lots, opium, lots, specifically. Lots of uh, opioids. You're right. And uh, Buttigieg was in a unit working for the Drug Enforcement Agency that was working alongside the CIA. Just say it. Right. Uh, right. And early in his military career, Buttigieg worked as an intelligence analyst at the U U.S. European Command, where he conducted research and analysis of information to create accurate, time timely intelligence products uh, in support of USCOM theater operations, according to mostly redacted military records uh, released under a Freedom of Information Act request. Right. Uh, so yeah, he worked. He uh, that was before. So he was doing. He his specialty is like uh, some kind of money management, as far as like uh, different people, and then he went to. Afghanistan, and he's working with the DEA and alongside the CEA, and his his specialty is money management, bro. So what mm -hmm. it would right? It makes yeah, you think, it, like maybe it, what it makes, what money is he managing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it makes you think. I was just going to say that because it's like, yeah, who's the money? It's all about the money. It says here he spent six months in Afghanistan in 2014 with a little-known unit that operated under the DEA. Like I said, it was the Afghanistan Threat Finance Cell, according to hmm. his appointment papers. The job description in the discharge papers is blank. Wow. Funded by the U.S. Central Command Leader. That is weird. CIA I mean, that Chief. Is General David Petraeus, this unit was credited yeah. with the destruction of Cabal Bank, the first private bank founded in Afghanistan after the U.S. invasion. Uh, Mayor Pete... Blank, it's super weird. Right, his job description, what he was actually doing with this right. group, is it was left blank. Uh, Mayor Pete w would join this illustrious outfit as an, office, as an officer in charge in 2016 interview with Harvard Crimson, 
Buttigieg describes himself as a liaison officer to the combined joint in interagency task force. So this is, we don't even really need to go any more into this. I think we've gone long enough as far as Pete mm-hmm. Buttigieg. Uh, one other thing we'll mention uh, that Ron Paul, as much as you can trust what Ron Paul says, but he said, uh, Buttigieg is close to the CIA and military, all that, and he looks like he's well-trained, uh, is what Ron Paul said about Pete Buttigieg. So, I mean, not that Ron Paul should be taken seriously at all, but it is no. a, ma- a major figure putting it out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Rumble is not trustworthy. No. <laughs> just we're just putting that out there. <laughs> but he is a major figure and to say this out to the public and it, it being an in the newspaper uh, it oh, yeah, puts no. it puts him in a position where he better have some idea of what the hell he's talking about. Right. No, I totally agree with you. I can't uh, uh, agree more. But yeah, I mean, we've gone through a bunch of the connections, why people started hashtag CIA Pete. What do you think about this whole thing, from? The more I look into it, the more I want to take my conspiracy hat on. Uh, I feel like uh, the connection is there. I am not surprised uh, at all if it shows up being false. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if it shows up and being real. So I, I'm, I'm kind of like I, 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 I am not going to say, oh, I believe this, or oh, I don't believe this. But I would say that it's not as crazy as I thought it was when we started looking into this. I agree with that 100%. I don't think we have enough evidence to decide one way or another whether it is or it isn't. Obviously, what we just saw, we saw the documents. He definitely worked alongside the CIA. That has been proven. Uh, Does that mean he was working for the CIA and is still being groomed or is still working for the CIA uh, to be president? That is a whole other part of this conspiracy theory. You know what I mean? Like... Maybe he worked for the CIA in Afghanistan a little bit, but does that mean he's now being pushed by the CIA to become president? I think those are two different lines of logic. I don't know. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you because uh, that's two different things for me. That I don't think that has nothing to do with each other. But I think people are making that connection, especially online, because of the whole Iowa thing and because of all the endorsements from the military people for to his campaign uh so i can see the connection they're making but i think there's a lot more of as far as evidence there's more evidence to suggest he worked with the cia at one point i don't see a lot of evidence that he's being helped by the cia now so let's give it a crazy score um i think i'm going to be very chicken shit and give it a five huh just in the middle yeah, let's do that. Let's give it a five and play it safe. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't want to say it's six, and I don't want to say it's four, because it's it's plausible. Move around. Move around, yes. Uh, you suggested the movie for me last week. Okay. On Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. you, want, you need to watch Horse Girl. Uh, one of the worst titles of a very good movie. 
<laughs> I guess so, yeah. It, it is yeah. a bad title. I didn't think about it, but... Yeah, it's a terrible little title. Uh, yeah, no, you talked about uh, what it was uh, about uh, last week, but it, it is about this uh, 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 girl with uh, supernatural uh, powers. Or uh, is it? Yeah, or is it? Yes. Um, that also has a very connection with horses. Um, this was very like Sundance festival movie, and I love Sundance festival movies mm-hmm. most mo- most of them. And Alison Brie is amazing in this. I really liked her. I also liked Debbie Ryan in this. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I thought she was very good. Uh, but I gave this movie an 8 out of 10. Yeah, definitely a recommend. I would say it's one of those movies, though, like I said, sorry, last week, that you're either really going to love it or you're really going to hate it. It's like... Right. Right. And I really liked it. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's yeah. see what I saw. Let's see. I'll start with a Netflix movie that I saw this week, Uppity, which was okay. about uh, the first... You're going to love this, Fro, actually, because I know how much you love NASCAR. He was the first uh, <clears throat> black Daytona 500 driver, I believe, or the first black NASCAR driver in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a true story about Willie T. Ribs. Uh, and it's a documentary. It's hit, hit him actually telling all the stories about uh, growing up, uh, getting into racing, how NASCAR and all that stuff was very southern white thing, and how... how difficult it was for him to get in to the society and you know some of the people who tried to stop him from succeeding pretty interesting movie uh overall i guess mm, pretty standard documentary like as far as a documentary goes but the message was good uh i like the guy to a degree i'd give it a six tell me what it was called again so i can block it on uh, on netflix uppity why do you want to block it? Oh, right, because... Right. Niscar. Oh, I really, really care about this. Can't wait to not see it, ever. I think it was directed life. by Adam Carolla as well, so that might be another reason to block it. Ooh, I don't like him either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Two good reasons to not see a movie. Uh, hey, look, guess what I watched this week in the movies. What's that? A little movie called Harlequin and the Observation of Harlequin. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. I watched Harlequin movie this week. Uh, I did not have high expectations for this at all because Suicide Squad. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, Suicide Squad is one of the worst movies. Uh, uh, so in in history that I can think of that were, was like uh, from a, a comic book movie. It's up there at least. Uh, and I think Harold Quinn was the best thing about that and I love the actor. I just adore her. Uh, when that is said, I'm not going to say that I love this movie, but I didn't hate it either. I, I thought it was Okay-ish. I, 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 
I went out of the movie and I was like, okay, this is a nice, nice experience. It's an experience movie more than that. I sit back and like, oh, that happened. I don't think about it. It's a little like Fantasy Island in that case that it's like in in one ear and out the other. It's a very popcorn movie that's not really trying to tell you anything. It's not offensive in any way, so I can't like hate it. But it's not either great either. Like I I think I will give it a good six out of ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds about right, I guess, according to your description. Yeah. Uh yeah. I saw another movie, but it was on YouTube, so everybody can go watch this on YouTube at the Red Cow Entertainment YouTube page. They're the guys who make oh. Box Mac from? I saw this. I didn't count it uh, as a movie. Well, it was movie-length documentary. I This is definitely a movie. Yeah. yeah. Called Till yeah, I... Debt Do Us Part. That's debt, D-E-B-T, right? Uh, it was about mm-hmm. the exuberant, ridiculous costs of weddings and everything that is involved with a wedding and how much, how crazy, ridiculously expensive everything is. Uh, it goes into all different sides from the flower people to the catering to the uh, preacher and they interview all these different people. I thought it was really well put together. What did you think? I I really, really, really liked this. I I, I thought it was very, as someone that has been married, I, I really liked this documentary. What I wondered is, uh, this was definitely American-centric as far as the costs of things and stuff right. like that. Is it like that in yes. Norway? As far as... Oh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We did it as cheap as humanly possible, and it was still expensive. Right. I, I like the. They point out in this uh, that now that people are trying to do uh, their own weddings or whatever this or that, the supplies for making your own wedding, the DIY DIY wedding supplies, the costs have gone up on that because so now it costs more to even just do your DIY DIY wedding because. More people are doing mm. that than having whatever professionals do it. Do you say anything else? Uh, no. Would you give the? What do you want to give this? I give it a seven point five. I give it an eight. I really like that. Yeah. I would go as high as I an think... eight. Hell, I'll I'll give it an eight. I think they deserve <laughs> it. They're they're also you know very independent and independent. Right. Yeah. And not only is it informative, it was actually pretty funny. I laughed a bunch of times I... in this. So. I laughed a bunch of times, and I think I laughed even more because, like I said, I was married, so I recognized... Right, I worked for a catering catering company for weddings for a a little bit, uh, and so I know the craziness as well, yeah. So, Luke, uh, we have a thing called 12 Months of Hell, where I watch a bad movie every week. Or, sorry, every Once month. Once a month, right, yeah. Once a month, I see a very bad movie. What is the bad movie I'm going to watch this week? Beastmaster 2. <laughs> Through the Portal of Time. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you saw Beastmaster That's... 1, this is Beastmaster 2, now with more time travel. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I... I can't wait, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, one of those gems that I just remembered from my childhood and remember hating it. And actually, it's available on YouTube for free, so everybody can go watch it. Uh, 
And I assume you're going to review it next week, right, Fro? I am definitely going to review it. Right, so just look up uh, Beastmaster 2 Portal Through Time, and it's on YouTube, like the whole movie Mm -hmm. for free, so. Yes. Uh, Anyway, uh, look, uh, I have heard Sonic the Hedgehog was actually good. I heard it did amazingly well at the box office. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's watch the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm Sonic, a little blue ball of super Ooh, energy. Ooh, new face. I've seen this trailer like a bazillion times at this point. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I had to come to yours. Reluctant in a Norwegian TV I probably watched it ten times the night it came out because I was so I so, was like so excited for it. I am super stoked for this, and especially when it's getting the reviews it's getting. Like, people are talking about how it's Jim Carrey's comeback to what Jim Comedy. Carrey was. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, when was the last time he played a role like this? A comedy role? I, don't, I can't even remember. Yeah. Was that The Mask? I mean, the last thing I saw him in was that TV show, which I didn't like, whatever it was called, where he was like right. the... the Little kid show yeah. host, right? The Children's one I'm TV seeing. show. Yeah, yeah, the, the one I'm seeing, uh, watching season two of right now. Mm. Because I actually liked it. You think you can get away from me? That's one of those shows that I I don't understand that you don't like. I just didn't weird. get it. I didn't get the sensibility of it. I don't know. No. Nah. <sighs> no, but thank you for asking. Oh, Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> so good. How are you not dead? I have no idea. I like that part. That part makes me laugh yeah. and smile every time. Yeah. You throw your life away for this silly little alien. He's my friend. Benchwatch is also like very underrated. I like that and the voice of Sonic. He's a good actor. And I'm using it to protect my. It reminds me very of the game. <laughs> I like how he runs put... from China to Egypt somehow. I don't know how that works. Right. He did that in and 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 the Sega Genesis one. Oh right, okay. Right. There's sense. a lot of re- there's a lot of references to the games. So I would assume Luke, what what is this Oscar nominated movie all about? Uh, Sonic tries to navigate the complexities of life on Earth with his newfound best friend and human, Tom. Uh, They must soon join forces to prevent the evil Dr. Robotnik from capturing Sonic and using his powers for world domination. Mm. So no, I guess Dr. Robotnik, well, he probably does in this, you know, capture all the animals and like turn them into... I hope so. ...evil beasts or whatever. Yeah. 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 That's what he did in the game. I don't think I have uh, asked you this. Did you play a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog? I never had a Genesis, but I had a friend that did. So I would play. I, yeah. yeah, I played it quite a bit when I was a kid. Uh, but uh, then when I got I a, a when I got a Wii in like two thousand <laughs> right. whatever eleven or twelve, whenever that came, right? When yeah. I, whenever the price went down, because I didn't buy it when it was three hundred bucks. I bought it when it was two hundred bucks. Uh, I played Sonic on there because they had it on the arcade thing. On, on yes, Wii. 
so yeah, I played a bit of Sonic in my day. So I guess you could say. I love Sonic. It's so funny. Just so good. Yeah, so where did you get your reviews from, Luke? Oh, one thing I didn't do, 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, oh. 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 47% of Metacritic, uh, 96% of Google users liked it. 96, that's pretty big. Wow, that's fine. So you went to the Facebook I went to the Sony? Facebook. Uh, let's do a good one first. Incredible movie. I never see movies more than once usually, but this one I'm seeing again definitely. Uh, this movie, uh, Jay Sa Staff, Jay Staff says the movie was great. Uh, when is the next one coming out? Uh, but then, uh, Guy Guy Caro says it definitely would have been better with without John Kerry in it. Why would they ruin a good movie by putting him in it? And it's spelled John C A R R I E for some reason. Oh, that's better. Uh. <laughs> Um, that is very, very, very funny. Uh, I went to our favorite uh, page of the world, of course. I went to uh, uh, Common Sense Media. Okay. Because that's what we do right now. Um, I uh, went to Kids Say because I think I think the most thing here is like it's it's aimed for kids, so. What did the things uh, say? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog film review. Sonic the Hedgehog is an extremely fun comedic adventure ride that will leave all ad uh, audience Sonic lovers or not with a huge smile on their face and an enjoyable time in the cinema. Ben Swartz uh, uh, does an amazing job betraying Sonic. I genuinely loved every moment on him on the screen, betraying him exactly what Sonic was betraying. Fugmer Sonic's friends uh, are amazing. Uh, gave it four out of five stars. Uh, four out of five stars. Another kid, twelve years. Uh, this is a standard kids uh, movie to uh, uses of hell, but that's about it. Like they say, hell two times. I got one kind of related to that. It's Brian Hall says. Uh, I'm 35 and have walked out of two movies in my entire life, and this was one of them. It was just horrible. When Whoa. did when did Sonic gain the ability to stand while time is frozen? Why add a superpower that never existed? If you're not that's his problem. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> if you're not a kid or do not have one or just going for nostalgia reasons, don't. This movie is made oh for kids God. and completely botched the origins of Sonic. Uh, bot to mention, wow. it sucks. Wow. Uh, adult uh, said, wow, I was surprised how good this was. It, it's actually good. I was worried it was going to be it's another Super Mario Bros. 1993, but it was actually good. Uh, uh, as last year's Detective Pikachu, actually better. Wow. Another movie coming out this week, uh, because I watched the show, uh, Fantasy Island. Right. Yes, it, it came out as a uh, movie this uh, uh, week. The dynamic Mr. Rock makes a secret dream of his uh, lucky guest come true at, uh, at the luxury, uh, luxurious but remote uh, tropical resort. 
But when Fantasy turns sees turned into nightmare, guests have to solve the uh, island's mystery in order to escape with their lives. This has absolutely nobody you know who is in the roles. Maggie Q, Michael Pena, maybe. That's two two of them. Uh, the reviews. Oh, it's Blue House. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but the, the reviews. Hold your horses because it has. 4.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay. A whooping 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, okay. 20%, 20% on Metacritic. It's 62% of Google users like it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's probably one I want to see for just how bad it is, is what it sounds like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Another movie that came out, Downhill, uh, with Will Ferrell. Uh, and Louis, how do you say Louis? Why can I never say it? Louis Julia Louise Drivis. There we go. The Julia yeah. and the Louise always like fuck with me for some reason. Uh, right. A woman starts to have second doubts about her husband after he runs away from an ap- approaching avalanche, leaving her and her two sons behind. Forty uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes, four point seven out of ten on IMDb, fifty or forty nine percent of Metacritic. Use uh, Metacritic forty nine percent, twenty two percent of Google users liked it though. Hmm. Directed by mm. Nate Faxon. Then the photograph with absolutely nobody in it that you know of. I, Isa Ray, Leisha Stanfield, Gillen Noel, Shante Adams. I have never heard of any of these people. Okay. Uh, uh, when famed direct uh, photographer. Christina Ames dies unexpectedly. She leaves her uh, estranged daughter, May, hurt, angry, and full of questions. When May finds a photograph tucked away in a safe deposit box, she soon finds herself uh, delving into her mother's early life, an investigation that uh, leads to an unexpected romance with a rising journalist. This has a 6.3 out of 10 on 9B, 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, 63% on Metacritic, and 82% of Google's users liked it. Luke, what movie do I really need to ask? Do you want to say Seattle? Well, definitely Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Uh, I think my number two, just because I think it'd probably better to. I think Downhill would probably be my number two. What about you? Mm hmm. Yeah, my number two would be Fantasy Ireland, actually. Even, just just yeah, how, how bad, bad it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, I like Blue hey. House, to be honest. So. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm a little like, eh, I don't like this. I don't want to hear about this because I <laughs> usually like Bloomberg as, as well. Blue hey, House. Look, you said Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Yeah, I like Bloomberg. I love Bloomberg. Oh my God, Fro's being paid by Bloomberg now. Hmm. Hmm. He's my favorite one. Go and vote for him. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say it because he would pay us probably no. $100,000 to say that. If <laughs> I know. If you want to pay us, Michael Bloomberg, contact us at anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. We will probably not do it. Uh, look, pimp the Audible trial. Audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Go get a free trial. And a free book. Uh, cancel any time and you keep your free book. And it helps us out. So go do it. And 
it doesn't cost you anything and it helps us out. So go do it. I got a, a book this week. It's called The Fifth Risk. It's by Michael Lewis. It's uh, about uh, the United States uh, uh, election. Uh, what happens when the president of the United States governs one tweet at a time? When election leader and uh, free media world may have not firm grasp of the names government agency, much less understanding their intricate in their workings. So it's about 2016 election. I really, really, really enjoyed this book. Uh, and you can find it on Audible. Uh, they have it in a sale where you can get two audiobooks of the price of one uh, credit. So right now you can get two audiobooks for free instead of one. Okay. Uh, I guess that's all we have to plug. Uh, hmm? let's, do com- let's do coming next week first because <laughs> we forgot okay. about it last time. Uh, coming next yes. week, news of the week. Uh, Eurovision Shh. review. You are not supposed to say that because we because nobody in. knows, right? Uh, no. Another digital review of Call of the Wild, which is a remake, oh. I believe. I think I have seen the original. I have definitely seen the original. Yeah. Uh, and main topic, Lilith. What is this about, Frog? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, my pick. Uh, this is something I have been very interested in uh, forever. Okay. Uh, this is uh, this is about Adam's first wife, question mark? <laughs> Before Eve, right. Yes. Because... Uh, we will discuss why isn't Lilith in the Bible? What did Lilith was she a thing? We'll okay. find all those things out next week. All right, and maybe maybe we will do something called Eurovision. Yep, I said that already. <laughs> oh, yep. So oh. now it's Jeremy round. Did you see the picture I just sent you? I didn't. Let me see. You've picture, seen this yes. before. This is an album you probably had when you were a young child. Oh, yeah, Race Against the Machine. I love Race Against the Machine. What's the name of this album from? The Evil Empire. Now, look at that kid on the cover. Who does that kid look like? Hmm? Oh, my God. It looks like Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> a lot of people making this comparison online in the last few days. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since it has the evil empire underneath it, and it's got Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> the, there's a big meme right yeah. now. Uh, oh, Mirage Against the Machine has been telling us for the last 25 years. Oh, <laughs> It's funny. It is funny. Uh, I, I need to say this about Internet Today. Internet Today is just like... Uh, if you want to watch... Uh, the YouTube version of this show. <laughs> Go and watch the internet today. They are two funny guys, and I just love their shows this week. Just so good. I'm I'm sorry. I know it's, I watched one of them. Which one is the one I watched? Uh, Bl- the Bloomberg episode where they talked uh, yeah, about Bloomberg. Bloomberg. It was so good. Yeah, it was a good one, and they covered it a lot of stuff that we've really covered good. today. Even yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, if you want a, a video show, I mean, I think as far as audio like this, it's meant for people who are like doing stuff where they can't sit there and watch the video, like right. other podcasts that are on YouTube. It's like you sit down yeah. and you watch it, but how many people are 
you know, listening to the H3 podcast while they're uh, working right. outside in the garden or something like that. Uh, you want to watch it because you want to see the memes they put on the screen and things like that. So uh, mm-hmm. I, that's the difference between our kind of podcast and other people's podcasts is you can listen to this podcast while you're doing things and you don't have to watch it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you definitely don't have to watch me, uh, like, slouching in my sofa right. doing the podcast. And I, us I don't think it's... Cramming food it, into uh, our mouths and uh, <laughs> on the breaks, like, halfway through the show? Yeah. <laughs> um, did you we see... We will never, ever, ever do a video version of this podcast. No, never. I'm just telling Fuck you no. right now. Never, ever. If we did, it would I be, don't... like, animated <laughs> us or something. Right. I'm not, yeah. I... I, I don't care if people know how I look like. I don't care that uh, at all. But I I don't want to do a video podcast. No. Never. Uh, did Sorry. you see the... Speaking of Sonic, did you see the whole Jim Carrey controversy that happened because of the interview? No. Jim Carrey did an interview with this lady and the the Twitter verse tried to, like, me too him for it. Okay. Uh, where he's... I guess I'd have to just find it. Uh, let me find it really quick, and you go into something else. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I, I like to see someone called Mister History. Uh, he's on YouTube, and he does some history things. And one of my favorite things on on YouTube is epic rap battles of history. And he's called Mister Terry Terry, and he it does history it. channel thing. And I, he just discovered uh, epic rappels of history, so he goes through it and talks about it in a historical uh, way. I find that very, very interesting. All right, I found the video, Fro. Uh, I guess this is an inside edition thing, so we're going to hear the reporter at the beginning. Go ahead and give me a countdown. In three. In these days of the Me Too movement, what Jim Carrey just said to an interviewer has plenty of people scratching their heads. He said, what? Jim Carrey is taking heat today for comments he made to a reporter while promoting his new movie, Sonic the Hedgehog. After all you've done in your career and in your life, is there anything still left on your bucket list? Just you. (laughs) Wow. That's it. It's (sighs) That's a joke. I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) Just own it. Uh, Okay, I'll own it again. All right, we can stop. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is that is so a joke. Right, people got all upset about it because they thought he was uh, saying he wanted to have sex with her or something. But like, I think what he was saying is just doing this interview. That's the last thing on my bucket list. Like just doing this interview right. with you. I don't think he was saying having sex with you. Right. I think you have to have a kind of a dirty mind to even make that connection. Right. <laughs> <sighs> I love when people take things out of context. You know, I love that. We have uh, had a podcast where I talked about that for half an hour. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, so you remember Leafy, right? Barely. He hasn't been around forever. Right. He returned on Drama Alert's uh, channel to talk to Nick Avocado. Oh, right. Nikocado right. Avocado, I think is the name. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the guy that you talked about uh, before. So, 
<laughs> go, go and watch that. It is, it is actually quite funny. I laughed, at least. <laughs> oh, so he interviewed him about uh, Avocado Guy. Well, uh, yes, Drama Alert uh, Guy that I never remember his name. For Whatever, some... Drama Alert, that's his name. Yes. Uh, had Nick Avocado there, and as a surprise guest, uh, Leafy came and uh, also joined in too. Ah, I see. Okay, right. As a as a surprise for Nick because Nick is a big or Leafy is a big Nick fan and Nick is a big Leafy fan or something like that. Yeah. All right. Did you see this article I sent you? Uh, I did. Ultrasonic. And I almost sent you this article, so it's good that you that I mentioned it. Okay. Ultrasonic yeah. bracelet jams the microphone around you, uh, uh, thwarting eavesdroppers. Uh, some smart, peaker, smart speakers and other microphones-equipped devices are supposed to be listening all the time, but there might be a solution if you are willing to take the. If you aren't willing to take any chances, the University of Chicago has built an experimental bra- bracelet that uses ultrasonic broadcast from 24 speakers to jam most microphones no matter what direction they are in. Uh, it's an ugly ass thing though. It is so <laughs> I'm ugly. Sh- I'm not sure if it's variable at all because it's <laughs> like <laughs> it's a very like it looks like you you, you uh, something from a science fiction movie. It looks like if an alien had taken you capture and this thing was controlling you, or maybe if you took it off, it would blow up and kill you. Like, uh, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. (laughs) It does say it's a prototype bracelet. So it also says this bracelet isn't designed for for fashion. Uh, So Mm. it's just like an experimental thing that they're just starting out with. So... Obviously, when it actually would come out as a product, it would look much different. But this looks really silly right now. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Okay. I'm from from Norway. And I'm Luke, and I'm from the U.S. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye, citizen.